This is the final message of our series on Oxford Vineyard core values. And so today we're talking about stewardship. Um, I'm going to pray. We're going to hop in. So Holy Spirit, I invite you right now. You just say, come. God, we need your presence this morning. We just thank you that you're alive in us. I just ask for you to come and just fall on us this morning, God. May we experience your presence and your goodness. I just pray that we can understand your heart for stewardship this morning. And we just break in and just convict us and encourage us that stewardship is on your heart and and it's a desire for us to walk in in this, in this place and in our personal lives. So I just ask for you to just come and just re- reveal your heart this morning to us, God. Yeah. Amen. Cool. So I hope that today I can bring you in on my journey a little bit of understanding God's heart for stewardship. And I use the word journey because it really has been a process of um, several years of understanding stewardship and kind of walking through it, and then also learning more and more as I go. I feel like once I start walking out stewardship in one area of my life, God's like, here's another area that's like really on his heart for me to steward. Um, So I don't know if you noticed, but we've gone through a variation of the word stewardship in our core values for the last four years. So we started off with excellence, that changed into high quality, and now we landed on stewardship. And um, for me, stewardship definitely feels right. And so I kind of wanted to explain the process behind like how we got to stewardship because I want like these core values to be captured by you guys too, right? And so I want to explain like how it kind of transformed from, from excellence to stewardship. So um, the word excellence was important to us because we felt like it was important to place emphasis on bringing excellent worship to God meaning we should give him our very best. And so we started honing in on our service structure, our preparedness. Um, We wanted our celebration times to be a little more thawed out, a little more smooth, less haphazard, less loose ends, um, for the purpose that we could focus on Holy Spirit's presence in the room, that we wouldn't have to worry about those things. We wouldn't have to worry about the awkwardness of a video not playing or a mic cutting out or lyrics not being on the screen, that those things were prepared ahead of time, that we were like bringing excellent worship to God and that we could focus on his presence. Um, And while those things are still important and we still value those things 100%, um, we felt like the word excellence kind of placed a perfectionism standard, standard on our times together. And um, we were suggested to make the change to high quality to kind of take a little of the perfectionism sting off of the word itself. So that's not like where our minds would go when we thought of excellence. Um, but something was still missing. And our staff team, when we kept talking about this, there was something that was missing from both of these words. And we didn't feel like it truly captured the Father's heart for our church. And I think a big reason was that both of these words are very action-oriented, and we felt it was necessary to emphasize the grace and the love that comes along with being entrusted with a gift. And 
that is stewardship to me, is we're entrusted with a gift. Um, and so we're still bringing excellent worship. We're still um, preparing. We're being thoughtful. But at the same time, we're, we're entrusted with these things. So how do we care for them with grace and love? So the word stewardship came to mind. And we feel like this word is a better fit in helping us value wholeheartedness, intentionality, faithfulness in our personal lives and in the church body. And so I hope that today you can capture the heart for this as well. And you can capture this value for your personal life and here with our community. So in preparing for this message, I asked God about the word stewardship. And I was really just praying, and I got a picture of Jesus' hands. And he was holding a gift, and he was handing it to me. And he opened up my hands, and he placed the gift inside my hands. And the gift was a seed. And it was, um, he handed it to me, and he closed my hands over the seed. And I asked him about it, because that was the whole picture. That was all I heard. And then I had to go deeper and to figure out what that meant. And um, so here's what I... I felt like he was showing me was he was gently passing off this treasure to me. He was um, giving it to me so that I can care for it, I can cultivate it, I can grow it. There was an invitation to tend to this seed, and it was up to me if I chose to plant it, if I chose to water it or prune it. It was up to me if I asked for others' advice on how to care for it. And it was up to me if I chose to not do anything with it at all. So with that picture, I believe there's an invitation for us today to step into more by learning to better steward the gifts that we've been given from God. So we're going to turn to Matthew 25 and read the parable of the talents together. So it's verses 14 through 30. It'll be up there. And I love this passage and what it shows us about stewarding our gifts. So we're just going to read through it. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he, might, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I've made five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little, and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master." And he who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you'd be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my 
own with interest. So take the talent, so so take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For everyone who has who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this is a lot. This is a um, intense passage, and I've spent a lot of time reading it and learning so many different things every time I read it. And I today I want to take some time to draw our attention to several points in this passage as we go through um, our definition of stewardship that we've laid out as a team. So on our website, you can find the definitions of all of our core values. So I'm just going to read through our definition of stewardship. So intentionality. We believe that everything we do is to be done as unto God. It is critical that as individuals and a church body, we work to be good stewards of every resource and relationship we have access to. Good stewardship never compromises grace and love. Instead, caring to do everything wholeheartedly facilitates great value for other people and careful consideration of what God has entrusted us to look after. Stewarding our lives. Because we desire to be good stewards, we anticipate continuous improvement of our practices and ministry and our personal lives. Regardless of our age or experience, we always want to be pressing into more. A mindset of stewardship does not allow perfectionism to keep us from taking action. We are of the mindset that trying new ideas might not always be seamless the first time, that we can always improve as we go. So stewardship isn't just meant for our spiritual gifts, our careers, or our ministry roles. And realistically, we have the opportunity to steward everything we've been given, right? And in verse 14 of the passage, it says that the master entrusted them to his property. And God has entrusted us to care for and steward what we've been given. So this concept is kind of huge. And I think that it's easy for us to like say that phrase. But when we slow down and, and take in what that actually means, it's a lot. And so... What if we actually did this in all of our lives? We stewarded everything we've been given. What if I intentionally plan out my entire day where I carefully steward the big and the small? When I wake up, am I stewarding my body when I choose what to eat for breakfast or whether or not I brush my teeth? Am I rushing because I'm late for a meeting? Do I put the toothpaste back in the drawer before I leave? Or do I carelessly rush out of the house, also forgetting to let the dog out? Once I'm in my meeting, do I wholeheartedly listen to my staff? Am I intentional when I'm speaking? Is my mind elsewhere? How about when I make dinner? Did I plan something, or did I forget to thaw out chicken and have to grab Chipotle on the way home? Which wasn't really in our budget, and this actually happened this week. (laughs) So when Isaiah's in bed, or I'm settling down for the night, what does it look like for me to steward rest? Do I need to watch TV for the sixth evening in a row? Or are there ways that I can be stewarding my time better by reading a book or learning or spending time in silence? Maybe it's quieting my soul or or going on a walk to listen to the Holy Spirit. So all of this can seem a little overwhelming, and some of these things seem a little ridiculous to focus on. And I'm not trying to be legalistic about every area of our life, but... um, I'm not sure that like, it really matters whether or not we put our toothpaste back in the cabinet, but what I'm trying to get at is that we're given opportunities every single day. And 
We get to choose how we spend our time. We get to choose how we spend our money, what we cultivate, or what we ignore or don't have the motivation to complete. And while I don't believe that stewarding our toothpaste practices is just as important as stewarding our marriages, our ministries, or our giftings, I think that we can learn the practice of intentionality and living wholehearted by looking at how we live, in, how, how we live out intentionality in our homes. So how are we living when no one's looking? And sometimes I think that this can be, this can be hard because it's easier sometimes to steward the things that people will see because th- those are the things that will get others' attentions, right? Um, it's easy to steward our giftings because people see those. Like, it's easy to steward things that um, I'll be up on a stage and people will see. But stewarding small things when no one is watching is often what's going to produce the most fruit. And I, I think that it's tied into our home life and how we're living out intentionality at home. Verse 21, it says, You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So we're called to be faithful over these little things. And there's gifts all throughout our day, our home life, that we're, called to, that we're entrusted with. And these are opportunities to um, be faithful with them and to steward them. God has entrusted us to steward our personal lives, our resources, our relationships. And this is really the heart behind Kingdom Living, the series that we're going to go through starting next week. And we're taking a deep dive into what it looks like to have kingdom perspectives as we steward our relationships, our leadership, our vocation, finances, health, and rest. So I want to encourage you guys to get involved with the life group because when we do this in community, it's really powerful. And when we try to steward these things um, on our own, sometimes it can be difficult and we need other people. And I think that these life groups are going to be a great opportunity for us to really press into God's heart and being entrusted with these gifts that that are so present in our lives. Um, So yeah, going back to our home... I think that the home is one of the best ways to steward um, our gifts, and it's where we spend, spend a huge chunk of our time, right? And our family knows us better than anyone else. And those are the people, and the home is the place that we need to practice stewardship first. So how we live at home can have a great impact also on our community. Because personal stewardship also teaches us how to steward in the context of the church body. So think about personal stewardship as the training ground for ministry or community. There are practical skills and disciplines that um, we can be practicing every day at home that will grow and shape us and allow us to be more equipped and to step into more authority in ministry. So as part of my own personal stewardship, I've been making my way through several parenting books lately. mostly because I want to I grow in any learnable skills or communication or understanding of Isaiah's needs, and I want to be the best parent that I can be. Um, there's a book by Danny Silk. I, I was told when you speak, you have to plug books. So there's a book, and it's called Loving Our Kids on Purpose. I would highly recommend it. Um, one description of this book says, Loving Our Kids on Purpose introduces paradigms, perceptions, skills, and ideas that help parents reduce fear by eliminating the tool of punishment and strengthening the hearts of our children to fulfill their destiny. 
So this is really good stuff. And honestly, this could be Sockham's description too. So um, if you, if you want to gain some paradigms, perceptions, and skills that will help you reduce your fear and uh, fulfill your destiny, you should take Sockham. But anyway, this book is a great resource to talk about how I can steward parenting. So this is something in my home life that I'm doing. To s I'm, tr I'm practicing stewardship of being a parent. But by reading this book, I've gained so much understanding of how to minister and relate to you guys. Not because I'm parenting you, but... Um, rather, as like pastors, as one of the pastors of the church, my desire is that I would strengthen your heart to fulfill your destiny. And so there's practical tools that I can learn in my home life that will help me communicate with you better, that will help me minister to others better, and honestly will help us fulfill our destiny together. And so there's things that we can be stewarding at home. And going back, you have been faithful over little, I will set you over much. I think like so much authority can be gained, and we can step into more authority when we're stewarding these things at home. So like I mentioned before, this is our final message on our core value series. And as a staff, we have landed on these six core values. And ironically, one of the best ways that we can walk in the six core value of stewardship is to practice stewarding our calling as a church. Our staff has been practicing stewardship through restructuring our roles and our systems, um, just as a staff team and as a leadership. And the purpose of that is we want to be improving how we're functioning together and working together so that we can care for this church body more and more. Um, and I hope that as a church, we can begin stewarding these six core values that we've been entrusted with. I hope that we can as we step out in our giftings, that these things are, that we're holding them and we're, in, we're valuing them, we're caring for them. So I want to challenge you to take time praying about our core values. This is, we're wrapping up with this series, and I just want to, I don't want it to stop here. I want these things to be continuously developing in our lives. And so they're up here. I would just, if you haven't, write them down and spend some time praying about them. Some Spend some time asking God how you can own them and how they can affect your life. And maybe they'll affect your home life first, and then they'll overflow into this place with community. As a, as we want you to be fully with us as a team. You know, it's not just our staff team who've decided this and we're just living them out, but we want all of us to like, feel like this is something that we're all entrusted with together. So I believe there's an invitation here, and... I think that this is an opportunity for unity as we corporately steward these gifts together and these values together. So personally, practicing stewardship in my own life looks a lot like taking practical steps, and I'm very much a person who likes to make lists and like schedule things and figure out how I can develop. And um, so in preparing for this message, I asked the Holy Spirit for just a few practical steps that can help us steward things better and what that might look like practically. So first off, attention. So recognizing the gifts from God in our lives makes us turn our attention to him. John Mark Comer from Bridgetown Church says, attention is the precursor to adoration. So we need to fix our eyes on Jesus first. Going back to Danny Silk's book, 
I'll be honest, the reason that I got the book is because I thought that it would help me discipline Isaiah better or learn some practical tips about, like, you know, how to be a better parent. Um, but to be honest, this book has completely transformed how I thought I would parent Isaiah and how I would communicate with him. The most surprising thing about this book was that only for the last one-third of the book does Danny talk about communicating with our children. And the first two-thirds of the book are how to get my eyes on Jesus and my relationship with him, how to tend to my garden, how to um, get my attention on God. And it makes sense, too, because if I'm going to relate to my child in the best way, I need to understand what it means to be a child of God. I can spend countless hours trying to come up with the best activities for Isaiah and read the best books about how to be a good parent, but it's missing the point of stewardship. Because stewarding my heart-to-heart connection with Isaiah begins with my heart-to-heart connection with God. And so, first, practical tip, giving him our attention. Second is having an attitude of thankfulness. So first we give give God our attention, and then second we give him our adoration. So thankfulness is a huge part of stewardship. I think that when we say thank you for things, we're acknowledging them and we're... um, we're recognizing a gift, right? And so part of stewardship is recognizing a gift. These can be like our food, our money, our home, our spouse, our children. And I would encourage you guys to say them out loud. Say them throughout your day. Like, thank God for my, my husband. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my home. Be saying them out loud. And God's not going to get tired of your adoration. Just continue to do it. And I think that as we continue to say thanks our hearts are going to change to how we view these gifts, right? So third is having kingdom vision, which is, you know, another core value, but um, ask God how he views these things. So ask God for his perspective on these gifts. I think that part of having kingdom vision is being, becoming aware of God's presence in us and in others. I think it's, it's one thing to view a gift through our lens, and then it's another to view it how God views it. And I think that kingdom vision is a huge part of taking us to the next level of stewardship because we can grow it how we think we should grow it to become the best that we can be in our eyes. But what does it look like through God's eyes? What does he... Where does he want to take us with that gift? So having kingdom vision. Um, fourth is faithfully cultivating. So in the parable of the talents, we see that the servants invested their talents and their master praised them for being faithful over little. And our tagline for stewardship, so we have a tagline for all of our core values. Um, it's really cool. And the one for stewardship is faithfully cultivating what we've been given. It's great. So cultivate has two definitions. One, to prepare the land for crops and gardening. And second, to try to acquire or develop a quality, sentiment, or skill. I love both of these definitions, and I think that they can really help us with, they can help us view growth as building upon what we've already been given. So maybe it's relationally, or maybe it's a specific skill. But no matter what it is, we're called to continuous development. Continuous t- 
tending of our garden. Faithfully cultivating parenting might look like reading books, listening to a podcast, or talking to other parents about their experiences. But another example that really helps me make the connection between stewarding in my personal life and how it affects the church body is when I practice guitar. So such a simple thing that I do at home, and I don't do it enough, but the reason that I practice guitar is because when I set time aside to intentionally focus on my skill, I can get better. And getting better might mean that I'm learning new chords, or I'm learning new picking patterns, or I don't know, hearing new melodies. And that, what's done at home, could be the breakthrough that we need for singing a new song on Sunday morning. And it could be a song that is unifying us together and that centers our hearts on him together. And so such a practical thing at home that I do, but really like stewarding that gift of practicing guitar can really affect what we're doing in this place. And there's so many things that we're doing at home. I think communication is a big one. Stewarding how we communicate with our family members is going to overflow into how we're communicating with our community. So lastly is feedback. One of the hardest parts about um, stewarding a gift is taking feedback. And for me, feedback is especially difficult in the areas that I've worked really hard in. And um, usually it's when I put in effort and no one sees it, and then I get feedback for that thing. It really hurts, right? Like it stings because no one understands the effort that you've put in. Um, In my, personally, my initial response to feedback that's not what I want to hear it, it shuts me down, and, I, and my first response is like to um, shy away or to stop trying. Sometimes I think that the enemy uses like criticism to convince me that I should stop doing that thing. But really, I want to tell you guys that the enemy hates stewardship. He hates when we're carefully tending for these gifts. He hates when we when we know oh, we've been entrusted with a gift. I want to grow this and partner with God. And he's going to do everything to get us to stop trying. He's going to do everything to attack us and make us think that these things aren't important, that we need to give up. But the, the cool thing about feedback is that it, uh, it allows us to view things differently if we let it. It allows us to take a different approach. Because we can have a certain view of our gift but somebody else might have a different view, and they see things differently than we do. And so it's important that we like, can be open to that feedback, because I think when we take it and we communicate that feedback with God and we allow it to actually change our hearts and we can grow from it, it's very powerful. And so feedback can be helpful in corporate, in, in corporate stewardship as we're uh, stewarding things together. Um, So how much more would we grow if we were stewarding the giftings that we've been given and letting others speak into those things, right? Because um, in this place, we have so many different giftings, and I think that part of corporate stewardship and part of doing community together is that we observe one another's lives and we can encourage them and we can um, point out where where we see growth. And we can point out where we see maybe God wants to take them to the next level. And so I just want to encourage you guys. To, um, feedback's hard for me, but I, 
I want it because I want to grow. And it's, it's one of those things that really can help challenge us and take us to the next level in stewardship. So I think there's an invitation for more. And um, in verse 25 of the passage, it says, I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. So in the parable of talents, we see that one man who is only given one talent, according to his ability, hid his talent because he was afraid. However, our gifts are meant to be used and they're meant to be shared because this is how they grow. So I've shared a lot about how we can gain authority when we're intentional in our decisions, when when we're slow to act, and when we're wholehearted in preparedness. However, I don't want to disregard the place for taking risks because stewardship isn't about becoming an expert at something or working towards perfectionism, but instead it's understanding the value in something. So sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, go, and we need to be ready to jump. He might say, go pray for that stranger before you've learned the five-step prayer model in Sockham. But we need to be ready to do it. And he might say, give a message on stewardship before you feel like you've gained any authority in teaching. However, we need to be ready to go and to take the risk. In partnership with the Holy Spirit, there's power and um, whether or not we've intentionally been cultivating those things yet or not, there's an invitation with a risk. In the middle of risks, there's an invitation to go f- deeper with the Holy Spirit. When I take a risk and I pray for somebody in public, a stranger, there's an invitation to go further into learning about evangelism and how to be best equipped to serve and to love a stranger. And when I take a, a risk to give somebody a prophetic word, there's an invitation to practice hearing his voice better and to grow in the gift of discernment. And when I take a risk by giving a message, there's an invitation for me here to steward teaching, to welcome feedback, to learn more, to read more, to observe the people around me who have been doing this way longer than I have, and to practice this gift so that it can grow. So in risk, there's invitations um, and we have the opportunity to go so much deeper when we take risks and partner with him. So, in conclusion, I think that there's an invitation for us here. And I believe that for both our personal lives and our church body, there's an invitation to walk in more stewardship, to care for the gifts that we've been given. And... I hope that today you're challenged by this value of stewardship and that it continues to develop in your life. Um, we, one of the ways that we've been practicing stewardship is we've been giving our messages ahead of time to our staff team for their feedback. And I hate it, but <laughs> it's, it's good. Like, it's helpful we gain so many new perspectives because I'm viewing this one way and they're viewing it another way and they have helpful feedback for me. And so we did this other night and Parker shared that, he, that sometimes we throw around the phrase that we need to put God first. And this, can, this has kind of become a Christian cliche in a way, this phrase of, oh, we just need to put God first in front of these things. But we're not really sure if everyone knows what that means or how to do it, right? And so he was, Parker was sharing that he feels like stewardship is a key in showing us how to put God first. 
Stewardship teaches us to put God first in all of the areas of our lives, the small areas that no one sees at home, the areas that, in the gifts that we're using on Sunday mornings, the way we communicate with our spouses, the way we treat strangers in the grocery store. And by stewarding these things, we're giving up control and we're giving God permission to come and to be first in those things. So let him be first. Give him your attention. Give him your adoration, your, your thanksgiving. Ask him for his vision. Ask him for how he's viewing these things. Faithfully cultivate these things in your life. What are the practical tools and skills that you can be learning to grow these gifts? And then bring others in on the journey. Accept feedback, accept um, that other people are necessary in our life and that they are... um, that they can come beside us and take us to the next level when we are um, doing this with community. Yeah, so I feel like there's just an invitation here, and I'm not really sure. I think it might be different for all of us. I think that there's, I think some of us in this room are thinking of like personal stewardship things at home that like we would like to give our attention to more. And then for some of us, maybe it's a gifting that we really want to grow and we haven't spent a lot of time focusing on, but we know it's there. We've just kind of like laid it on the back burner. And so I'm going to pray for us. As a worship team, you guys can come up. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for these things. And can we just stand? I'm just going to ask God to just reveal some of these things to us. And then we're going to worship together. Yeah, so Holy Spirit... We thank you for your presence. God, we just give you our attention right now. And just turn our eyes to you. We focus on you. God, we thank you for what you've entrusted us with. I thank you for the gifts in our lives that are big, that are small, that no one sees. I just thank you for our, our homes and our, and our family members. We thank you for our, our spiritual gifts. We thank you for our personalities and the, and the work that you've called us to. God, right now, we just ask for you to just reveal just the gifts in our lives and, and the areas that you would desire us to steward better. And we just ask for your, your vision on these things right now. You just renew our minds and, and just show us how you're viewing these things. And would you just teach us how we can grow? How can we grow these gifts, God? Would you just give us some practical steps to take 
to cultivate and to develop these areas of our life. Yeah, so we just give you permission, God. Just come. We partner with you as we steward these gifts. We love you. Amen.